You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. I was having lunch with one of my sons um, about a month ago, and um, I have two sons, and both of them are good with money. Both of them are really good with money. One is really good at spending his money. (laughs) He spends everything that comes into his path. He can spend it like nobody's business. And then one of my sons is really good about saving and he's good about having a, a nest egg and already working on that kind of a, of a philosophy and mentality. So, so he, we're having, uh, me and this son are having, uh, uh, going to have lunch and, and we're sitting uh, at, a, at a booth and he looks at his phone and then he smiles. And I said, what's going on? And he said, well, um, my, my, my stock is doing really good today. I, I, I made some, some, some pretty good uh, uh, money today. And he, he was smiling, and so I smiled. And I smiled because I knew that he would be buying lunch for us <laughs> that day. And, and so, so as, we, as, as he, you know, he did buy lunch, and, and, and as I thought about this as we go into this next part of our, of our balance series, um, I thought about how important it is for us to have a, uh, when you're investing into stock and bonds, and there's probably individuals in here that you've invested into maybe a 401k, or you're invested into some kind of a, of a stock to, to help you. But when you do that, you have to have a balanced portfolio. You have to invest into uh, a, a, a safe Investments where, where those investments that you, you put money into, you know that they're going to be safe. They're not going to go up and down. They're, they're usually going to keep climbing slowly. So you put into a safe invest, investment. And then you all usually put in, into a moderate risk investment where it's a little bit risky, makes more money uh, as, as, as time goes, but it's not too, too risky. So it's safe. Anyone know what I'm talking about in here? And then there's the high-risk investments, and, and those are the, 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 they're wonderful investments in stock because they can make a lot of money fast, but they can also do what? Lose a lot of money fast. So, so most wise investors, they have a balanced portfolio where they have their money invested into a, a, uh, a, a safe uh, stock as well as a moderate stock, and then they also have it invested into a high-risk stock, and usually it's balancing each other out, and it's, it's earning money. Uh, and so I thought about that, and I thought about how important it is for us to be in balance and investing into, into a balanced life, and I'm not even talking today about monetary uh, investment. So I'm not talking, uh, as we go into this, this message, I'm not going to be talking about uh, investing money, but I'm going to be talking about investing one day a week to a small group, investing into fellowship, investing into having life with other people that believe the same way, that are helping you go through whatever you're going through. As we've been talking, as I started the series on balance, 
how important it is for us to have a balanced life. Amen? Last week, we discussed about the importance of making Sunday worship a part of our lives. Because when we do, we give God, what do we give God? We give him priority, right? We allow for him to speak into our lives. In fact, every message, every message, if we have ears to hear what the spirit of God has for us, he will speak to us every single time that the Bible is preached, amen? And then we talked about how important it is for us to start out the week with God at the center of our lives. So that brings balance. Now, we go on to this part, and we talk about investing one day a week to a small, to a small group. And, and, and the BIGS is an acronym. Okay, the BIGS stands for four different causes. The first one is BEST. Sunday worship experience, which I think is wonderful. In fact, first service we were packed, and second service we have a wonderful crowd. Uh, I did a funeral just this, this week. I'm doing funerals every week, it seems like, and I had people after the funeral saying, what you spoke, even at the funeral, it really spoke to my heart. It spoke to my life, right? It, it's not my word. It's God's word. So the, 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 the I stands for investing one day a week to a small group. The G stands for giving your family what they need. And what do our families need? They need our time. They want our money. But that's not what they need. They want a, a, a new device. They want a car. But what they need more than anything is they need the time of their parents, they need their time of their siblings, they need to build relationships. And then the S stands for we need to strive to make a difference in our community. Amen? We need to strive to make, instead of talking about how bad our society is, how bad our, 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 our towns and our, and our cities are, we need to go and make a difference there. Amen? And so today we're looking at investing one day a week to a small group. You know, the Bible or, or the early church, it, 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 it demonstrates to us how important that is. It's, the Bible says in Acts 2, 46, it says, they worshiped together at the temple and they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. The Bible explains to us when the church was launched that they met together in the temple and then they met together in the homes, and that it brings really good balance into our lives. That's not me saying it just because I want to say it. That's what the Bible tells us. And so what we find is that on Sunday morning, you experience community, and in a small group, you experience fellowship. Here, you're experiencing community. There's a lot of people here and, and, and a lot of us coming together, and we're here, and we're worshiping God. We're giving him praise. We're giving him glory. I love what Becky said. We're giving you praise. You pray. We're praising you, Lord, all of us together. We have community, but in a small group, you have fellowship. That's a very important word because we all need fellowship. It's, it's, it's vital to our lives. And, it, and it, I, can, I can go back to my son, uh, uh, Jacob. Uh, I said his name. I know. Jacob. I didn't say it first service, but I said it second. And so 
he go back and, and he, he, he just got married recently and him and his wife, they were able to go to the Bahamas on his honeymoon. I've been married for 30 years and I still can't get Shauna to the Bahamas. She's telling me, babe, when are you going to take me to the Bahamas? I said, well, maybe next, next time Jacob go, goes, we can, <laughs> we can bum a ride, you know, you know. But he, he, he enjoyed fellowship. He, he was able to go there, and, 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 it's, and it's a wonderful thing when we have that. So there's five needs. There's five needs that a small group will meet in your life. Not, not wants, not desires. These are actual needs that you have. The first one is fellowship. Fellowship. We all have a need for fellowship. God never called his people to live alone. In fact, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth and everything that's in it, he looked back and he said, this is good. And then as he created humanity, as he created the first human, he said, this is very good. The only place where God says this is not good is when he said, it is not good for the man to be And then he says, I will make him a helper, a helper that is going to be beneficial for him, that is going to be suitable for him. And he's talking there about marriage and how important it is for us to have someone that's going to complement us in our marriage. In fact, the word for helper, many of you have heard me say this when I preached about this, this, this passage. Um, the, the word for helper, the word for, for the wife is a savior. So God, he created a savior for the man because without, the, the, without our wives, we're in trouble. I hear a lot of women saying amen. I don't hear a lot of men saying amen. So husbands, look at your wives and say thank you. Thank you for coming in and saving me from myself. Right? But it's not, it doesn't only just talk about a husband and, 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 a, and, and a wife. See, it, it talks about the importance of we all need fellowship. We all need people in our lives. Think about your life. Don't you enjoy doing things with others more than by yourself? I mean, when you play golf, when you go play golf, when you, you, you play golf and they put you in a what? When they, they, they group you in a foursome. They put you together with four other people, and you go and you play golf, and, and it's a lot better playing a four, with, with, four, uh, with three others in, 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 a, in a pair of four than it is playing by yourself. Because when you play by yourself, and, 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 and they ask, you know, you can't, you can't cheat. Because it doesn't make any sense. You know, when you're playing with, with, with four, and, and, and they tell you, what'd you shoot? And you said, I shot a par. And you really shot a bogey. But you kick the ball. You know, it, it doesn't, and they go, wow, you shot a part, that's awesome. There's something about it, why? Because you're having fellowship. And when you're by yourself, even if you do that, it doesn't make any sense because you know that you did it. You know you kicked the ball, right? And so think about it. So you have, you have fellowship. And then when you play basketball, how many people play basketball on a, on a regular game? How many people come together? Five. On five, and so there's fellowship. There's five. They're all playing together to make the team what? Worse. They're all playing together to make the team better. 
Very good. There's a coach here, and he didn't answer. So I'm like, we're making the team better. And when you have a football team, you've got how many? You've got the playoffs are here right now. How many were playing in the playoff games yesterday? And how many would be playing today? There's 11. The girls are saying seven, nine. 11, and so 11 are, and they're, they, they have fellowship. They're, 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 they're playing as a team. They're playing together, and it teaches us the importance of having people in our lives. How many of you come from big families? Anyone have more than three in their family? Huh? Do you notice that when you have big families, that you have fellowship with a certain few in your family and you talk about the other ones in your family. The reality is that we, we, that we group ourselves together. We need fellowship. And here's what's, what's the key. Here's what's very, very important is the people that you hang out with will usually determine the life that you're living. Amen? So the Bible says that the early Christians, that they devoted, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were devoting themselves to the word of God, and then they also devoted themselves to to fellowship. They made that very important to them. Because when we have a small group of people, when we have people in our lives and we develop this fellowship, this this relationship, it's where we find the second important need. And the second important need that we all have is encouragement. Have you ever noticed that without encouragement in our lives, we're out of balance. Without someone coming alongside and encouraging you, you live in a depressed state. Without you having people that are going to say, you know what, it's it's all going to be okay. It's going to get better. I'm going to stand by you on your side. Things in life have a way to bring us down. And there are many things in our life That can bring discouragement. Anyone ever been in a broken relationship? Yeah. Anyone ever gone through a situation where someone let you down? How about financial pressure? You know, Shauna and I went through a time in our life with great teaching that God, that God taught us through where we went through a financial situation that was so far over our heads, we didn't know what we were going to do. And we were going through financial devastation. And when that happened, I sought out people in my life that I could talk to, and they encouraged me, and they said, everything's going to be okay. Can I tell you, at that time, I thought nothing's going to be okay. I thought we were going to, we were just going to die. And I can tell you from that time to now, and I've said this recently, but I can say it over and over again because I'm excited. In March, we will be completely debt-free. 
Sean and I, except for our house. But I think that's amazing. And so that, that catastrophe, but I surrounded myself with good people to fellowship. I needed encouragement. Have you ever been through a family situation? Family upheaval where the family's broken, that there's, everyone's at each other, and we need encouragement from someone. Or physical sickness. Have you ever gone to the doctor and they've given you a prognosis and you're like, oh my goodness, how am I going to get through this? And we need encouragement. That's exactly what a small group will provide. The Bible says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. Focus on one another. You notice the Bible doesn't say build yourself up. You notice it doesn't say encourage yourself. The Bible is very adamant that we need people in our lives that are going to encourage us when we're going through the most difficult situations in our life. When we're going through the most discouraging situations in our life, we need the encouragement of others. If you don't have that, beloved, you are out of balance. And so you're here today, and, and, and God is encouraging you through his word. He's telling you you're going to be okay. We need others to come alongside and encourage us to keep on keeping on. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when I've wanted to quit. And I tell you, when I have people come alongside and say, you know what, it's going to be okay, you're going to make it one day at a time, it is amazing. It is amazing when you get through one year after another and you see that God has been faithful and that people coming alongside have been faithful to help you in your journey of life. In fact, the Bible says we who are strong, strong, we must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others to do what is right and build them up in the Lord. You notice what Daniel said in his testimony? He said, Living Word Chapel, he, he was talking about a community. Living Word Chapel has helped me I was in this state in my life. I was, I was, an, I was an, an addict. I was abusing all these different things. But actually, if you think about it, when we're an addict, it's not that we're abusing something else. It's that something else is really abusing us. Amen? Someone agree with me. Do you know what I mean about being abused? The, the drugs, the alcohol, the relationship, you're being abused by that. And you become a victim. So when you have people around you, and you've got people encouraging you, it helps us with the next need that we have. All of us need trust. Most of us have been burned at different times in our lives. Most of us have been let down by someone in our life. And so when that happens, your trust is broken. But Jesus, when he comes into our life, 
He speaks something that is so vital, so important to each of us. Right before he went to the cross, right before he left his disciples, he says, trust in God and trust also in me. Because trust is the most important thing that we could have in our life. And when you build trust, you have balance. If you don't have someone that you can talk to and be open with the most difficult things in your life, you're carrying it on your own and you were not created to carry every burden on your own. God created you to need the help of him, but also of others. And when you begin to do that, when you begin to to develop that trust, your life will always be better. So we met in our small group last week, and, and one, of the, one of the individuals that went to our, in Samanoa, one of the individuals that went to our small group was in a very broken state, going through a very difficult time in their life. She was very quiet during our small group. She was very quiet, and we were all talking. And then finally, as the Lord began to minister to every person in there, because where we gather together in the name of Jesus, guess what? He's there. Amen? And she, we began to, 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 to talk, and she, uh, she, she began to open up, and she talked about her brokenness and where she was at in her life. And we listened to her intently, and, and she knew that she could trust us. And she said, I haven't told anybody this. And then she began to talk and let all this out, because when you don't talk, you keep all the poison inside. She began to release all the poison, all the demons that are harassing us in our life. And as she began to release that, we prayed for her. And as we prayed for her, there was a lift of all the difficulty that she was going through in her life. I saw her the next day at a funeral that I did. And she came right up to me and she said, Pastor, I feel like if there's been a weight that's been lifted off of me. You see, many people live their lives with a heaviness and a weight because they have not developed trust in people to help them along the road. And this is so important for all of us to understand. In our small group, in our groups, we build confidence that everything is going to stay there. There's a trust that we have. And that God is going to minister. The Bible says this, a gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. You need people in your life that can build confidence and trust so that you don't have to carry the burdens that you have alone. The difficult things. Not only do I meet with the small group in Samuel, I have a small group of pastors that I meet with, five pastors, and as we get together, we talk about things that we're struggling with. We all are struggling with something. We pray for each other, and we, we, we encourage each other, we talk to each other, and we have trust in each other because we have trust in God. Beloved, you need that in your life. The fourth thing that we all need. As you develop trust, then you begin to move into the next facet, and we all need accountability. 
It's not something that we want. It's something that we need. It's very, it's very important that in our lives we have checks and balances. That, we, that when you're kicking the ball in golf, that someone tells you, hey, dude, pastor, I saw you kick the ball. Right? It's very important that we have people around us that are going to tell us what we need to hear, not always what we want to hear. Someone told me this week, they, they came by the church, and, and as we were talking, he said, Pastor, I, uh, man, I miss being at church. I miss coming. And so as he, as he said that to me, I said, you know, I never put, you know this from me, I never put pressure about you being in church. I think you should want to be in church. And so, hey, you miss here? We miss you. And he said, what I've noticed, uh, PJ, what, I, what I've noticed is when I'm not there, I see myself fading. Why? Because we don't have checks and balances. We all need that in our life. Look at what the writer of Pro- Proverbs said. The writer of Proverbs wrote this, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. And wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. If you don't have friends in your life that care enough about you to tell you what you need to hear instead of what you want to hear, then you need to have people in your life who care enough about you to tell you that you ain't all that and a bag of chips. I have someone in my life that's fantastic about that, you know? I'm driving home, and I'll tell Shauna, hey, babe, you know, they told me that I did really, really good. And she's like, yeah, you're all right, but you ain't all that. You know, we need, we need someone. She knows me, right? She, she lives with me. So you, we need people in our lives that are not always going to tell us you're all that, you're all this, you're all that. We absolutely, positively need that in our lives. And so as we, as we embrace accountability, it's going to be something that's going to bring balance in your life. If, you, if, if people are telling you that everything you're doing is great, even when it's not, it's not going to keep you in balance. In fact, if you tell your kids that if you never correct their kids, correction is accountability. Amen? And if you don't correct your children when they're doing things wrong, guess what's going to happen to them? They're going to end up on a road of disaster. Amen? So when someone says, I can't believe the teacher said that to my kids, you know my, you know my kids, they don't never do anything wrong. It's those teachers. And if they come to youth group, and I can't believe the youth group said, said this about them. I can't believe they said that. It's not, it's not my kids. It's the youth group. Or when, they're, or when they go to, to, to the neighborhood store or wherever they go, and, and they never have correction, and they don't have the accountability that they need, they're going to be headed down a road of disaster because they're going to be out of what? Balance. Balance comes with accountability. Balance comes with the need for us to be guided in the right direction. The last need that we have, okay, we've talked about we need fellowship, right? We need people around us. We talked about we, in that we, we need a, uh, fellowship because it, it stems into uh, encouragement. We talked about from encouragement, we need accountability, and we need to develop trust. And the last need that we, that we absolutely have to have to make us better and more balanced is we all need diversity. Can I tell you why diversity is so important to our lives? Diversity brings 
complement into our lives. Each person complements one another. Every one of us is unique. There is no other James Reese. And I got to be careful when I say that because there's another James Reese in, in the Copper Corridor area that has the Copper Internet. And there's another James Reese <laughs> that's my son. But there's no other James Reese, this James Reese. Amen? And praise God for that. And each one of us, think about it, each one of us is unique. And every one of us, we have different personalities. We have different uh, uh, experiences. We have different heart makeups. Every one of us, when we come together with diversity, we complement one another. In other words, the world's a better place because of Anthony. The world's a better place because of Aaron. The world's a better place because of Mary. The world's a better place because of Bunny. Every person that's sitting here, the world's a better place because you are different from us and you make us better. If everyone was the same, this world would be a horrible place. If everyone walked into this church or every person that walked into the church and everyone was dressed alike and everyone acted alike and everyone was robotic, can I tell you what would happen? If it was me walking in the, the, the doors of this church, I would run the other way. It would freak me out. Every one of us is unique and everyone is, is important to God. Look at what the Bible says. It says, suppose someone comes into your meeting and they're dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you go stand over there or I'll sit on the floor, well, doesn't that discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motive? What God teaches us is that we absolutely positively need diversity. We need every single uh, uh, difference to make us better and to complement each other. God loves the unpopular just as much as he loves those that we think are popular. God loves those who have a lot of money just as much as those that don't have as much money. He cares about white people just as much as he cares about black people. God cares about those who have freckles just as much as he cares about those with brown skin. God cares about people that have blonde hair or red hair or black hair or no hair. God cares about people. And he really wants for us to embrace diversity. So I graduated from a small town and I went to college and I went to college and I went to run track I had, a, I had a scholarship to go run track and this is important because when I went there I grew up in a town where, where I was my, my norm my normality was rock 80's rock music so I went down there head banging right I got to college and my circle of influence my small group was a group of African-Americans where their normality, they came from an urban, urban atmosphere. They came from the city. Their normality was not 80s rock. 
Their normality was 80s funk. And so I began to hang out with them, and it was diverse. And because first of all, they looked at me and they said, why are you with us? You're a Mexican. You, they can't run fast. Sprinters. They can run far, but they don't sprint. You don't see very many Hispanics on a sprint team. But I went there, and I was a sprinter, and I said, well, actually, I... We'll see it on the track, right? And so that we, we began to go, and, and I began to hang out with these guys, but I, that small group brought diversity into my life. And as we hung out, I began to do a little bit of... And before you knew it, I began to dance. So it stretched my life, and I, and I began to love to dance. And so Shauna and I, when we, when, we, you know, when we built our relationship, we used to dance, we used to go out dancing, and diversity was a real positive thing. In fact, for the wedding of my, my son the other day, they put on some music, and they said, and my, my youngest son goes and gets me, Dad, come on, go do the running man. I said, son, I don't know if I can do the running man anymore. So I got out there, and we were dancing, and before you know I was doing the running man, and, uh, and so someone went and told another friend the next day, as he came on Sunday morning, he said, man, my son said, boy, PJ's got some moves. I said, not only does PJ got some moves, bro, I got a pulled hamstring right now, too. <laughs> Let me say this to you, beloved. If you never have diversity in your life, you are out of balance. If you never get out of the sphere of your own family, if you never get out of the sphere of your own friends, if you never move beyond that, you're never going to be able to become all that God has called you to be. The vision that the Lord showed John about heaven is a very diverse place. He saw this. He saw a vast crowd and it was too great to count from every nation and tribe and people and language. And they were all standing in front of the throne before the Lamb. And they were clothed in white robes. And they held palm branches in their hands. And they were singing to him. And they said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I tell you, the one thing that brings us together... It's not that we're all the same. The one thing that brings us all together is that we have a Savior who is good and he loves us for who we are. And we complement one another. And if you move beyond yourself and you move beyond your normality, you will be a better person at the end of 2017. You need to be in a small group. Because it's where you're going to find the five things that are important. Fellowship, encouragement, trust, accountability, and diversity. And when you find that, you're going to find balance. Now the greatest thing is we all come to a close the greatest thing that you could find this year and the one thing that you need is Jesus in your life because without God in our life our lives will just spin out of control 
So will you bow your heads? I do this every Sunday because I think it's the most important thing that we could ever do. I invite people to trust in Jesus, for you to open up your heart and open up your soul for him to come and become your Savior and your Lord. And if that's you here today, that you, you're, you have that empty spot, you're out of balance, just pray this with me. Just say, God, I am so needy today. I'm a sinner, and I need your forgiveness. And today I'm opening up my heart to Jesus. I need him to save me from my sins. And I confess that Jesus, he died for all of my sins on the cross at Calvary. I believe he rose from the dead on the third day just like the Bible said he would. And so today I choose to follow him in the fellowship of his church. In his name I pray, amen and amen. Now, if you made that choice today, it's pretty simple. It's, you don't have to do anything, but let us celebrate that by you putting it on your connection card, saying, today I made a choice to become a follower of Jesus. And can I tell you, I believe with that choice that your life will never, ever, ever be the same because God will never leave you and he'll never forsake you. Let's all stand up and worship our King. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.